the song. It's it reminds me of the song "Clear the Stage" all the time, and and that song the pastor had taken all the instruments and everything, taken the music out of the church because people had gotten things in front of God. And so often we get things in front of God. We come to church just because we come to church. We come to church for a Christmas program, whatever it may be that that whatever reason you came here for today, it should be for Him. It should be to come and worship him and to praise him, especially on his birthday, right? On, on the birth, we, we observe the birth of Jesus today, and we should just come to praise him today. Nothing else matters. Can we set everything aside just for the next 10, 15 minutes? I'll be short today even, right? I, I may even get you out of here before noon today. It doesn't happen very often. You should get excited about that. But we should lay everything else aside for that much time. Can we do that? And just focus on him, Right? Give the musicians a big hand clap. They're awesome. If they weren't here, you might just be listening to me singing, and that's nowhere to be, right? I used to try to sing real loud in the church, and Sister Lena, bless her heart, she had to hear me because I sat on the front row, and she played the piano at, at Messenger Chapel, and I know she heard me bellowing like an old dog sometimes. And other people around me heard me, and some people complain about my voice sometimes, but the Bible says, make a joyful noise in the Lord. I'm praising him. I'm not here to entertain you, right? And if you don't like the way I sound, then maybe you should sing louder than I am with your glorious voice. Yeah, right. Amen? Amen? I want to talk to you today about Christmas and, and what Jesus paid for, right? We, we, I, I struggle with this message. I want you to know this first. I had, this is my third message I had this week for today. And sometimes God does this. I, I get a message. I thought that was it. Sometimes something will just jump out to you and, and you believe that's your message or you believe this is your message. Or when you really get that one and you have the peace and you just know that that's the one. You know that's what God wants you to talk about this week. But I struggle with this this week. And, and this is the third message. And I got this one. Usually I start preparing on Monday for Sunday, right? And I add a little bit more to it each day. God adds a little more to it each day. And I'll have me over and study this and I'll get this out of that or, or whatever the case may be. Look up some definitions to words and, and, and I'll be able to add to the message all week long. God gave me this whole message in about 10 minutes this morning sitting in my office. And it's not the first two messages that I thought I was going to preach, right? So bear with me. I'm going to be probably a little short today, but this is for someone. It may not be for you, but it's for someone, right? Because the God, God don't make mistakes, God doesn't miss it. I had another message that had, I had about eight pages of notes in, and, and I didn't have peace to give that one today. But I had peace for this one, right? So, um, and, and, and a lot of times when you're preaching, when you, I've been pastoring for seven years. I've been preaching a little longer than that. You know, the Bible's only about this thick, and it seems like this big book that we could never get to the end of. But I've read the whole thing through multiple times now, studying and, and reading and trying to get closer to him and, and preparing for messages. And, and sooner or later, you preach some things again. Because there's only so much information in there, right? There's nothing new underneath the sun. It's all been preached before. It's all been taught before. And God let me know that it's okay to do that this week. It's all right. It's all right if you preach some of the same things again. Because you don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not talking about down to you. I don't get it. If I truly got everything that I preached about and everything that we studied and everything that we read, my life would look much different than it does. My life looks much different than it used to. And I'm on my way to being perfected, but Lord, I've got a long way to go. We all have a long way to go, right? And if we all truly got everything in the Word of God, we'd be completely perfected, and, and we, wouldn't even, we, we wouldn't even need that anymore because we'd be ready to go. Amen? So you might hear some things again, but praise God, you can't exhaust His Word. Brother Adam talked about this morning in Sunday school class. Sometimes you'll read through it, and you'll read through it, and you'll think you know this scripture. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll discount a scripture, or we'll dismiss a scripture, because I know that one. 
But if you pay close attention, every time you hear it or every time you read it, God, God's word is living. It can change, right? It doesn't change and say different things, but it can mean something different to you at a different point in your life. Or, or, or he might just cause something to click today and you, call, and you finally get it, right? Or I finally get it today, right? When we think of Christmas, we think of, I, I, the first thing I thought of when I started thinking about what, what I think of as Christmas is the Salvation Army bell ringers, Right? And I think about the, the, the dew and the condensation that gets around the edges of the windows and the, and the windows frost up on the house. And when you're looking out and, it, and you think about snow, everybody talks about a white Christmas. I love snow. I love to be the first one to get out in the snow before there's any tracks or anything out there yet, right? I like to have a foot or two of it and get to get out and drive in it. I think it's great. I, I, I live on gravel roads, so it's pretty cool out there. You don't have a lot of traffic. So I, I like to be the first one out in the snow. We think of snow when we think of Christmas. We think of the Christmas lights, right? We think of, of, of Christmas carols. We think of Santa Claus, you know. We, we, we that have young children, or when you had young children, you took them and, and they got on the lap of Santa Claus at the mall or, or wherever it may be at the Walmart store, wherever you get their picture taken. We think of Santa Claus when we think of Christmas. We think of, Brenda thinks of Black Friday when, when that time of the year starts coming around. And the sales, that this is the first year since I've met Brenda, I didn't have to go Black Friday shopping hallelujah that's a praise report right there it's it's crazy to go in there it's not i don't think it's nearly worth what you save but however um we, we think of the sales maybe it's online sales for you or the things we're going to get you know we think of the gifts that we're going to give and and how we want to please our children or our spouse or our loved ones and and and, and maybe we think about the gifts that we're going to receive we, we, we think about gifts we think about um christmas dinner and we think about hot rolls with butter in them and we think about turkeys and hams and and sweet potatoes if you like sweet potatoes not my thing but some of you might think of that right candied sweet potatoes and that and that sort of thing some might think about football you sit down and watch football with the christmas dinner and you, and, and and they have games on each year and some might think about time with their family i look forward to christmas because i get a couple weeks off work every year paid they pay me to stay home with my family what better thing could i get for christmas right but we, we, we commercialize Christmas so, so much, right? But everyone knows the true meaning of Christmas. Everyone knows it's because of the birth of this little baby, Jesus Christ, that came to pay for sin once and for all. He paid one time for everyone, right? The birth of God's son. We, we don't know the true birth, the, the date of birth of, of Jesus Christ. We don't know when that was. No one knows when that was, but we observe his birth on December 25th, right? Us who American Christians, we observe Jesus' birth on December 25th, right? Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost and the Virgin Mary, right? Mary was still a virgin after Jesus was conceived. Get that down inside of you this morning. She had to still be a virgin because Jesus had to be pure. He had to be holy. He couldn't have came from a man. It had to be God. He had to be all God and all man at the same time. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost and the Virgin Mary and, Mer and very, very, very Mary. Mary was still a virgin after he was conceived, right? So he was the sacrificial lamb. If he wasn't pure, he couldn't be the sacrificial lamb. He couldn't have came and paid for your sins once and for all. He, we, we couldn't be saved. We'd still be sacrificing goats and sheep and oxen and all those things. We'd still be sacrificing things. We couldn't even sacrifice them. We'd have to take them to the priest, and he would have to take them inside the temple, and he would have to sacrifice them for us, right? That's where we'd still be living at. We'd still be under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Testament means covenant or deal, right? So we have a New Testament. We have a better deal than that, right? So his blood covers all sin. That means Jesus' blood will cover every person in this room's sin. Every person on this planet's sin. Everyone who ever lived and ever, whoever will live, his blood will cover that sin. Amen? 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 
God created man for a relationship. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. We, we got to do some things for his blood to cover it. It's already paid for, right? God created man for a relationship. You may wonder what I'm here for, what my purpose is. Your purpose is not to be a doctor. Your purpose is not for a job. It's not to be a father. Those things are all great, but those things are all on the side. Our number one purpose is to have a relationship with God. Number one thing. And you know, before I came to God, I had this, this big void inside of me. I didn't even realize that I had, and I was trying to fill it full of alcohol and drugs and whatever I could get a hold of, and I was trying to stick it in this void in my life that I didn't even realize I had, and I was trying to fill, fill it with those things. And some of y'all can relate to that. You're trying to fill this void with all kinds of things that you can get a hold of, right? I didn't even know that I had a void until after God filled that void for me. After he filled that void in my life, because it was, I, I was missing the relationship. I was... That's what I was created to do. And if you're, not, if, if you're not active in a relationship with God, you're missing something. Yeah, right. There's something not right about it. There's something that you're missing today. There's a hole there that you can't fill with anything else. You wonder why rich people that got the world by the tail kill themselves? They're missing that relationship. You wonder why things fall apart and relationships never seem to be quite right and, and, and things just don't go right? We're missing that relationship. Unless you're active. I'm talking to the people that are, that are here every week. Right. We have to be active, and, and we, our relationship does this, if we'll be honest with ourselves, right? Sometimes it's doing really good, and I'm on top of the mountain, and I just talked to God five minutes ago, and I got revelation from, from him, and everything is great. And sometimes, you know, it's been a little too long since I've talked to God, Pastor. I haven't spent the time with him I'm supposed to spend. I'm a little down. I'm a little flat right now. Things aren't quite going quite right. My temper's been flaring up. My attitude's not right. Amen? Amen? God created man for a relationship, and if you don't have that relationship, if you're not active in that relationship, it's not going to go right. Things aren't, you're going you're to have that void, right? He already had the angels. God had already created angels before he created man, and he created them. They were designed just to worship him. So he doesn't need us to worship him. He already has the angels. He wanted someone with a free will. Someone who would do it because they wanted to. Someone because he loved them, they would love him back. He gave man a free will. He gave us a free will then, right? Every one of us have a free will. You can hear this message. You can walk right out of the church, and, and you can carry on the, the same way you came in. And you can keep getting the same fruit and the same harvest you've been getting. Or you can get in this relationship that I'm talking about. Amen? And allow God to change your life. God walked with Adam in the garden. Think about that. When God first created man, he created him for a relationship. He walked with Adam every day. He came down and he walked with Adam in the cool of the evening, the Bible says. Can you imagine getting to walk with God personally? Personally walk with God every evening. Maybe, maybe he held his hand. I, I don't know. Who knows what happened? But walking along with God in that intimate relationship and just talking to him and conversing with God and God letting you know the secrets and, and, and everything about everything in the universe. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine having that kind of relationship? He walked with him. But Adam made poor choices. We make poor choices, right? The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. That's why we're allowing God to perfect us, right? He ate from the tree of knowledge. God gave everything else. He made this beautiful garden and said, Adam, anything in here belongs to you. You can have all of it. It's all yours. We try, we, people want to depict it as an apple, but the Bible doesn't say it's an apple. It says it's, it's a tree of the fruit of knowledge. And Satan came along and deceived Eve and deceived Adam. 
Even though Adam had authority over Satan, he could have told him, he could have demanded him to leave and he had to leave and he could have told him to shut up and he would have never been able to speak to him again. Wouldn't that have been great if he would have done that? But instead, he made a poor choice. And he decided to eat of the, true, of the tree of the fruit of knowledge. And he, he decided that he wanted to be like God was. He wanted to know, right? He thought God was holding out on him. God left Adam on that day. He left him then, right? There was a second Adam. God already had a plan for a second Adam. Even before he formed the earth, even before he started this whole thing, he knew the choice Adam was going to make. Adam had a free, free will. He was going to mess up. He knew that he was going to send his son Jesus. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. He knew that he was going to send the second Adam on the earth to do what he had to do, right? Because sin requires death. That's why they had to kill animals. They had to sacrifice animals in the Old Testament. It requires death, right? Without blood, there is no life. That's why it requires blood. Without blood, there is no life. There is death, right? God sent his son, think about that right there. If, if, if you drain all the blood out of any animal or any, any person, if the blood's drained out of them, your, your blood takes nutrients to your body. It takes oxygen to every cell in your body and, and nutrients to every cell and picks up the waste and, and, and the expelled gases and takes them out so you can exhale them and you can, get rid of the, you can get rid of the waste and things in that way. Your blood is your lifeline. It's your life source for your whole body. Any, any living creature has to have that blood, right? God sent his son to pay the price, though, for sin once. He had to pay it one time. It's not over and over and over again like it was in the Old Testament. There's not have to be, there doesn't have to be blood spilled all the time, blood shed all the time. He paid the price one time for everyone. Everyone from all time, right? The price is already paid then, church. The price is already paid. It's been paid. All we have to do is accept it. You have to accept it. It's that simple, church. You've got to accept it. Jesus paid the price in his blood, and we have to accept it. The death of Christ paid the price. We have to accept Christ's death. We have to accept Christ's blood to cover our sins then, right? That's what we're accepting. He's already paid for it. It's already done. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to be good enough. You can never do it. You can never do it on your own. Even in the Old Testament when they sacrificed animals, they never were completely cleansed of the sin. It just got them by for a period of time until this new covenant, this new deal, the new testament that we got, right? We just have to accept the blood of Jesus. We have to receive this that he's done as a substitute because if it's not his substitute, it'll be me. Sin requires death. I've been imperfect. You've been imperfect. Everyone sinned, right? Without a, without a substitute, you will experience a second death. You might believe it's never going to happen to you. You might think I'm crazy. It's still going to happen. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, everyone who's ever existed on this earth will stand in front of Jesus Christ. The Bible calls it the great white throne judgment. He says death, hell, and the sea will give up their dead. That means everybody who's, who's drowned in the ocean, everybody who's ever lived, everyone who's went to hell before now, death, hell, and the sea will give up their dead to stand there before Christ. You will stand there. You will be held accountable. Right? He says the sheep are on, on the right side and the goats are on the left. We'll know where we stand at when we're standing in line. Think about that. The second death is what we're being saved from. When we talk about, as Christians, when we talk about being saved, let me explain this to you today. Death as we know it here on earth, death actually means the separation of something forever. So death as we know it here on earth is our body, our soul and our spirit separated from our body. And the body goes back to the dirt, right? The spirit and soul go where we prepared them to go. Amen? Amen? We agree on that much so far, right? The second death is when you stand there and Jesus says either, there's only two things he's going to say, enter in my good and faithful servant or depart from me, you workers of iniquity. 
And you may say, Pastor, I'm good. I'm a good person. I ain't got to worry about that. I don't do much wrong. I'm a lot better than I was when I was younger. Amen? Let me tell you this. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell. There's going to be a lot of people who think they're on their way to heaven who are going to hear, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. When Jesus said that, he was preaching to the church. They were saying, didn't we preach in your streets? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? He said, I never knew you. He's talking about a relationship. Church, I'm talking about a relationship today. If you're not in an active relationship with God, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. We're living in the last of the last days, I believe, and you will stand before him. And that's the second death when he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That's the separation of your, of your soul from God forever. That's the second death. That's what we're being saved from. When we, when we receive that price that's already been paid, when we receive that price that's already been paid, we're receiving the blood of Christ to wash away the sins. The Bible says he cast them as far as the east is from the west, never to be charged to me again. Amen? Jesus paid for sin so we can have relationships. So he's, he, he paid for this sin for me to be reconciled back to him. He paid for this sin so we can have a relationship. Some people call me religious, and I answer them, no, I'm not religious. I have a relationship. To be religious would be legalistic and try to live by every pen stroke of the law. And, and the law is not passed away, Brother Adam. I'm not preaching that. The law is not passed away. But if we're led by the Spirit, we won't break any of the rules of the law. Because the Spirit's constantly leading us all the time, right? So if I'm in a relationship with God and I'm listening to His Spirit and I'm reading His Word and I'm following those things, God's character has never changed. So since, he, since, the, since the beginning, His character has never changed. Those laws haven't changed at all. But if we're following after him and after his spirit and after his word, we won't break those laws because he hasn't changed, right? So we, we come into a relationship with God, and, and this relationship is, is something that's ongoing. It's all the time. It's like a relationship with my wife. If I talk to her a couple times a year, how would my relationship be? Or if I only called on her when I needed something, how would my relationship be? And I'm afraid that's how some of us treat God. We only call on God when things get real bad. We only call on the name of Jesus when I can't handle it myself. That's not what a relationship is. It's like a marriage. It's, I mean, the, the Bible speaks of the church as the bride. It's like a marriage. It's, it's ongoing. It's every day. It reciprocates all the time. Right? We're back and forth and conversing with God. So he paid for a relationship. He paid for sin so that I could have a relationship, so that you could have a relationship. He also paid so that we could have peace. He says, peace I leave you. Jesus said this, peace I leave you. I give you my peace. If the Holy Ghost lives inside of me, I can release peace then, right? I can release peace. He gives us joy. He says he'll give us joy, right? And peace that surpasses all understanding. He gives us joy. He gives us hope. It's because of him that we have hope, right? He gives us victory because he has the victory and we're living in his victory. He gives us healing because God's word says, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. That means I'm already healed. Amen. All I got to do is believe it and stand on those words and then wait for it to manifest. I am healed. Not that I have to wait for it. Not that some people may be healed. Not that we ought to be healed. Now there's some things we got to do. There's certain criteria that we got to meet to do those things. We can't just say that and then live any old way we want to. We can't just say that one time and then agree with the doctors in the next sentence. Amen. He paid for healing. He paid for provision. You know, there's not anything, that, any day that comes along that's going to surprise God. 
There's not any day that comes along in your life that he hasn't already laid the provision out there for you. But we got to be living in such a way to receive it. Amen. He paid for blessing. We talked about blessing this morning, but you have to be obedient. He paid for, he, I'm more blessed now than I've ever been the rest of, in the first 37 years, God's blessed me more in the last 10. Because I'm living for him, because I'm paying my tithe, because I'm being obedient to him, right? He paid for authority. In Luke 10, 19, he says, behold, I give unto you power or authority. You can smash vipers and scorpions under feet. You can walk, walk all over the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And he says in verse 20, don't rejoice in that. The spirits are subject unto you. The spirits are subject unto you. You ought to get excited about that. The spirits are subject unto you because you've came through the blood of Christ because you've received this. The spirits are subject unto you. Sickness, disease, and everything with the name is subject unto you. Oh, church, I thought you'd get excited about that. Everything is subject unto the church, right? Because of the relationship. It goes back to the relationship. All these things that Jesus came for will come out of this relationship. You don't get the goods without the relationship. doesn't work like that, right? God requires obedience. And through obedience comes change. If we're obedient to him, we'll begin to see changes in our life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. You got it back there, sis? There we go. Therefore, if anyone... Who's anyone? Me. I'm anyone, right? You're anyone. Anyone. If anyone is in Christ, come through the blood, right? You have to receive that. You have to receive that, what Jesus did. He is a new creation, a brand new creature, made completely whole and different, not fixed and repaired, but a brand new creation, a brand new creature completely. I am completely different than the way that I was when I lived in the world. Some of you knew me before you, if you didn't know me before, you wouldn't recognize me now. Amen? I'm completely different, a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. I don't do things the way I used to do anymore. I don't act the way I used to act. I don't talk the way I used to act. I don't go to the same places anymore, and I don't spend my money the same way, and I don't treat people the same way as I used to treat people. Right? My mouth doesn't say the same words that, that I used to say. Behold, all things have become new. All things can become new today. If you're not in this relationship, if you've been in this relationship, church, and you haven't been for a minute... If your relationship hasn't been consistent lately, it can become different today. It can become new, right? Are you ready for a brand new life? Think about that. If everything's not going perfectly today, are you ready for a brand new life? I'm not saying it's going to go perfectly even after you're saved, but you'll have God to go through it with you. And he takes care of things and pays. It's like this. You ever been on a mountain road? When I used to work, out of state, Brenda came out and saw me one time in Arizona. We'd go up in the mountains. We followed the railroad around, and we'd go over the mountains, and there'd be dirt roads that we'd go up, but they were steep and, and, and crooked and on the side of cliffs sometimes. And sometimes you'd be going along. And I'm not talking about gravel roads. I'm talking about dirt paths. Sometimes there'd just be boulders sticking up out of the middle of the road that you have to drive over to get where you're going, right? It's the difference in living on that path and living on a four-lane blacktop road with God with you. I'm for real. You can drive 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour down the one road. You try to drive it down a mountain road, you ain't going to get very far. There's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises and things that happen, right? You follow what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's all going to be hunky-dory. You're still going to have things to go through, but God, God paves the way. God makes a way for us, right? All you have to do is receive it. All you got to do is receive it. That's it. 
Say, that's me you're talking about today. I receive it. I receive it. It's free. It's free. It's already paid for. It's already paid for. It's free, but it's not cheap. It will cost you something, right? It will cost you something. I've had to give up a lot of things. I've had to give up some friends, relationships, things, habits. I've had to give some things up. But, you know, everything, people look at that and say, I don't really want to give up that. I, I really like doing this. I have a good time with that. But, you know, everything that I've ever given up for God, he's replaced it with something ten times better. Way better. Way better. It's free, but it's not cheap, church. It'll cost you some things. You've got to be obedient. But let me remind you of this. Everyone will stand in front of Christ. Please heed this call today. He gave me this message for somebody. For someone, maybe for everyone. He calls me to check myself this morning. If you think you're good enough with Christ, ask him to look and see what he says. Listen to him and see what he'll tell you, right? Will you hear, will you hear enter in my good and faithful servant? Or depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What will you hear when you stand there that day? What will you hear? You'll know where you stand if you're in the, in the left line or the right line. If you're in the right line, you're in good shape. If you're in the left line, well, we already know what you're going to hear, right? Could I get every head bowed at this time? If that's you today, I know, I know God doesn't make mistakes. He, he wouldn't let me preach a couple other messages I had because this one's for someone. This one may be for multiple people. I don't know, but it's for someone. He doesn't make mistakes. I didn't have peace this week without releasing, about releasing the message until I got here this morning and he said, no, no, stop right here. This is it. And I had peace. I knew this was it. If that's you today and you're ready to accept that payment that's already been paid, all you got to do is accept it. Can I see your hand? Thank you for the hand. Thank you for the hands. There's three hands. Would there be anyone else? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just slip it up quick and back down. That's me. I want to accept it today. Thank you for the hand. There's four hands. He's going to require some change of you. But he'll be right there by your side. God's everywhere all the time. Knows everything. He'll help you, lead you, and guide you. Can we pray together, church? Let's repeat after me if you would. Father, I'm a sinner. I know you sent your son. Jesus to die on a cross I know you rose him from the dead I know he's coming back for me please forgive me live my heart lead me and guide me the rest of my days in Jesus name I pray amen if you said that, say, that prayer right there that's the beginning that's the start right there that's the start right there. You just ask God to forgive you. He forgives you. He put every sin that you've committed in the past under the blood of Christ, never to be charged to you again. Hallelujah. But that part, that's right, hallelujah. 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 Yeah. So I've done some pretty jacked up things. I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> Amen? Amen. But now we've got to live it. Yes. Because the sin I commit in the future would be charged to me. Yes. That's why when I mess up accidentally, I have to, I have to go back and say, God, Please forgive me for that thing. I want to get this right. I repent. So many people think repent means to say what I did wrong and keep doing it. Keep living however I want to live. Repent means to turn away from. You see, when I was going toward the world, I was going hard toward the world. 
And when I went around and went toward, turned around and went toward God, I went hard toward God. God changed my life rapidly. Some people change at different rates. It depends on how much you're into it, how much you're into the relationship, and how much you're pressing, and how much you're still dabbling in the world. But if we're still dabbling in the world, what I'm trying to say is you've got to get all the way in or you've got to get all the way out because it ain't going to do you no good to dip your toes in and sit here in the little gray chairs. You like that? I said gray instead of blue. It ain't going to do you no good to dip in a little bit and then keep living how we want to live and keep doing what we want to do. He requires us to change. I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect tomorrow, but what I'm telling you is when the Spirit quickens you, that small voice in here and says, hey, you can't say that. You can't do that. That ain't right what you just did there. When he quickens you and says that, or when you're reading in your word, and you read something in the word, and you say, oh, it says not to do that, and I've been doing that thing. Yeah. I better get that turned around. Because I know when the Spirit speaks to me, or the Word of God speaks to me, it's right, and I'm wrong. And my life has to line up to what His Word says. And, and, and when the Spirit speaks to you, you also have to check that. The Bible talks about checking every spirit, right? You have to check that with the Word of God and make sure you're hearing from the right spirit. Because the enemy, he'll say some things to you too. And get you thinking that you're talking to God until you get to knowing his voice better. He can, he can trick you. And, and Look what he did with Adam and Eve. Did God really tell you that? You remember the story? I'm afternoon and I was trying to get you all out here before noon. However, it's good. God's good. Can we go ahead and close the prayer? Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We just love you, Dad, and we praise your mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would just have your way in our hearts, Lord, in our lives, Lord. I pray that you would just continue to draw us near to you, Lord. These people, these four people that raised their hand here today, Lord, I pray that you would, you would just touch them, Daddy, Lord, and just draw them into you, Lord, to remind you, Father God, remind them, Father, of who you are each and every day, Lord. And if there, if there was people here that were thinking about it, Father God, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to convict and convince, Father God, continue to draw them to you, Father. Lord, we thank you for this, Daddy, and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray that you protect your church, Father God. Bring us back here to the next appointed time, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.